Please turn to Colossians chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, we have Bibles available for you. You're welcome to take those. They're on the side table here or in the back room. We've got Bibles. You can take them with you. They're great Bibles. Write your name in them. It's yours to keep. We want everybody to be able to have their eyes on the Word of God. We've been going through a certain book called Colossians. Colossians was a letter that was written to a small church that was in a small town named Colossae. And the guy who's writing is a guy named Paul. At one time, Paul wasn't a believer. In fact, he had another name he went by called Saul. And Saul had been on a road one day. He was going because he was not a believer in Jesus and he persecuted anybody who was a believer in Jesus. And so this one day while he's on this road to a town called Damascus, while he's going along, suddenly, boom, there's a flash of light. And it knocks Paul, Saul at the time, to the ground. And the Lord says to him, why are you persecuting me? Saul says, Lord, who are you? And the Lord says, I'm Jesus. All these people that you have been taking off into prison, all the people that you have been harming, some of them even killing. Those are my people. When you hurt them, you're hurting me. And in that moment, when the Lord came to Saul and put him on the ground and shone the light on him, he could have killed him. But instead, a good, merciful God said, in spite of the fact that you deserve to die, I wish to save you. And in that saving, as he then allows Saul to be blind and he's led by the hand into Damascus and he prays there blind for three days. And later on, another disciple named Ananias is told to go and pray over Saul. And when he does, scales fall from his eyes and his eyes are opened. And from that point on, as Jesus had told him, Saul goes out not to go persecute Christians, but to help Christians and to make Christians, to make disciples. And so Saul is going and pushing and striving to try to tell everybody about Jesus, not persecute Jesus anymore. And at some point, that message of the gospel got to this small town, Colossae, and a church started. And so Saul, Paul, is writing this letter to the Colossians saying, keep your eyes on Jesus. It's all about him. Look at what he's done to die in your place. You deserve to die. I deserve to die for our sins. But Jesus died for us. He took the payment of our sins, his own blood, and then he gives us his righteousness, and he makes us clean. And so it should always be about Jesus. But it's so easy for us to wander away into the world, to just think that we need to save ourselves, to go to church enough times, to pray enough times, to go help out at Thanksgiving meals enough times, to earn our way to salvation. That's not what saves you. And that, that's what Paul writes to a lot of these churches. Stop trying to earn it for yourself. You could never be good enough. It's just by the grace of Jesus. And then once he takes you in by his grace and he saves you and washes you clean and puts you into his kingdom, then you get to serve him. It's an honor. And you keep pressing into Jesus, keep putting your mind on Jesus and loving him. And so we've been going through that in Colossians as he reminds us, church, keep your eyes on Jesus. And then now that you're as your believers, this is how you should then act in Jesus This is what you should be like in Jesus. And last week we specifically looked at what it meant to be praying in Jesus. It's an ongoing conversation that we're devoted to with him. And that there should be this aspect of thanksgiving all the time because he is so good, we should be thankful for him all the time. And so as we're watching in prayer, being thankful in prayer, we come to Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. 
He says this at the same time. Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So he says, while you're praying, I have something that I'd love you for you to pray, pray about. This is Paul's opportunity to give a prayer request. He says, when you pray, please, please remember to pray for us. Why? He says that God may open a door to us, a door for the word. Saul's life has been completely given. To Jesus. He wants everything in his life to be an opportunity for Jesus to be made known, whether to a Jew or a Gentile, a man or a woman, an older retired veteran or to a child it doesn't matter he he wants the word of christ to go out so that people would know jesus so he says please pray that there will be open doors for us to take that word about jesus and to make it known to others that's my prayer request now think about where paul's out he writes in there that he's actually in prison he's in chains at this point how many of you if you were in the local jail or maybe at the penitentiary on behalf of Jesus, as you sent out a prayer request to those who be praying for you to say, pray that I get out of jail. Wouldn't that seem like that'd be the first prayer request? Not, not, not Paul. The open door that he's praying about is not that for the jail door to open. It's for hearts to be opened up that the gospel might come in and a word might be declared to save people. That's all that he cares about. So he may still be open or sitting in prison. He's praying that the door of the guard's heart might be opened up for the gospel. That's amazing to me. Our prayers a lot of times are just for our own personal advantages. Aren't they? Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. How many times in this coming Christmas season when you go out shopping, your prayer is going to be, Lord, help me get a parking place as close as I can to that door. Right? It's always something for our own advantage. Yet Paul's prayer is like, I've got one request. It's not for me. Pray that there's a door open so there's an advantage for somebody else to hear the word of God. We need to hear, have them hear about Jesus. That's what's on my heart. I don't care about these chains. I don't care about all the flogging that I've got. I don't care if people don't like me. I just want them to have an open opportunity to hear about Jesus. And me, I'm praying for parking spaces. There's a difference in that. Paul just has this kingdom view that knows that time is running out. He knows he's going to die soon. But before he takes his last breath, he wants every opportunity to share about Jesus. So his his opportunity to pray a prayer request, please pray that there would be a door open so I could share about Jesus. And he says it's for the word of God so he can continue to declare the mystery of Christ. So as as Paul goes out and he's sharing He wants specifically to be able to share the word of the gospel, the good news about Jesus. Now, I know we talk a lot about when we share Christ, people say, let's go show them Christ by our actions. Maybe if we go on Thanksgiving and help pass out meals by our love, that's my way of telling others about Jesus. And it's true. We should be acting in love and showing Jesus by our actions. But a lot of times we use that as the scapegoat. It needs to be also by our words. That that would go. 
that we would declare the good news about Jesus. You know why? We are doing a really good job if we are not sharing the word about Jesus and no one is ever hearing about Jesus and we're just nicing them all the time. We are conveniently nicing them to hell. At the end, they will stand before Jesus and they'll remember all the good things we did for them and never heard the good news about Jesus, about what it means to have a relationship with him and say, well, why I go down to my destruction? Wasn't that person nice to me that time they fed me a Thanksgiving turkey? It's good to help people with food and it's good to help people with money. and It's good to tell them that we love them and give them a present. But if they never hear the good news about what Jesus has done for them, what will happen when their time comes? We need to pair the two things together by deed and by word to share the gospel. You know what? I know it's hard. You know why? One of the greatest students of Jesus of all time, Paul says, please pray for me that I would have an open door and be able to share the word. And he says in that. That I may make it clear, which is how I opt to speak. Paul is saying, even though he's the one who's preached sermons upon sermons and written books about Jesus and had special revelations about Jesus. He says, I need to know how to share it. I know for many of us, it's like, I, I don't know what I would say. One of the reasons we come to church and you go to Sunday school, we have Bible studies on Wednesday. We have Bible diggers with the kids. We are training ourselves to know Jesus. We are training up in the word so that. When that opportunity comes and we don't always know when they come, most of the opportunities that we have to share the gospel aren't things that we planned on happening. It's just suddenly there's a person in crisis who needs Jesus and boom, that Bible study comes back. Something your Sunday school teacher comes back. The word of God from a sermon comes back and you say, let me tell you about Jesus. And we get to share about the good king of heaven. We get to share about Jesus. Sometimes it's going to be in your hardest moments. That you get to share about Jesus. Because sometimes as the church, we're really good at kind of glossing life. But when suddenly who doesn't know Jesus suddenly says, well, let me see how this Christian handles their parents dying. Let me see how this Christian handles sickness. Let me see how this Christian handles losing their job. Let me see how this Christian handles bad traffic, you know. And we have an opportunity in that moment not to be so consumed in the moment that that's all we can think about. And we just want to pray to get out of that moment. But in the midst of those hardships, that there might be opportunity for a door to be open to those around us for us to share the word of God so that they might be saved. That's the good opportunity we have. I was so encouraged the other day I was talking with a man and he was telling me the other day I shared the Lord with somebody I was there with him and the opportunity came and just a week before I had that same opportunity and the door was open I didn't take it he said this next week came and I knew the Lord was pressing me and the opportunity came and you know what I took it I don't I don't even know if I said the right things But as he went on to say what he said, he said, Jesus. And he shared about how Jesus had been so good in his life. And you know that Paul did that, too. Oftentimes he would refer people back to the time that he was saved on that Damascus road. He said, let me tell you about my story. 
Let me tell you about what Jesus has done for me and the, this truth that we're right reading the Bible actually took on flesh and now I'm his friend. He saved me. Let me tell you about that. And this man I was talking to did that. Let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Let me tell you how Jesus wants to help you by what he does in forgiving sins and placing you on a right. Let me tell you about this. And you know what was awesome? It was the first time that man had ever told anybody about Jesus. And you could see it was not only something that was driving that other man closer to Jesus because that man was hungry. But the man who had shared about the Lord was suddenly growing in his faith. He was he was wanting Jesus more. He wanted to pray for the lost more. He wanted to know, how do I get closer to taking people who don't know Jesus and and bring them to Jesus? Because this suddenly is so important. Well, it's always been important. But suddenly somebody was taking being nice with bringing the word of God. and Boom, for the first time ever, share the Lord. I was so encouraged. And you will get those opportunities at work, at school, at the family holiday meals. But you'll also get those, as we said, during times of hardship. I know for a fact that Paul, in the midst of prisons, in the midst of earthquakes, in the midst of flogging, that he was sharing Jesus with people. You will have that opportunity when life is hard and people are watching. Last week, I came across one of our neighbors, the neighbors who live right next door. They had had a son, 23 years old, who had recently moved up to Indiana. And the son died of a diabetic coma, just one in a million type of thing. And it was interesting because the family, she was actually from Ireland. And, and, and um, so she and her husband had gone up to be with their son while he was on life support at the very end. And her family from Ireland ended up flying over her brother and siblings, mom and dad and family flying over. And she said, you know what? We all grew up in church together. Siblings and I said I was the only one who stayed with Jesus and drew close. And as I came close to Jesus, my siblings ended up getting involved in the world. They wanted to do what the world was doing. They wanted to make the money that the world was making. They wanted to do the entertainment that the world was doing. They just wanted to be part of the world. And they began to. Spite me for those things. Because I was with Jesus. She said, but suddenly now my son has died and they come and they're sitting by the bedside of my son with me as we're taking him off of life support. And you know what was amazing about her testimony? She said, I'm so thankful. Her son is dying and died. And she says, I'm so thankful. Thankful. Remember last week we were talking about in all things, give thanks. And here this woman whose son has died said, I am so thankful. Why? Because in the midst of the hardship of her son dying and her her family who has come over, many of them saying, you're an idiot for being a Christian. Now, by the bedside of death, we're saying we need to know more about Jesus. She said, I'm so thankful because God has opened a door for the opportunity for me to share Christ with my brother. She said it was interesting because everything seems set up for God to come through for a miracle. And for my son to be restored to health, but that was not his will. And I'm sad and I'm grieving and I have lots of questions, but he died, but I'm thankful. 
Because God is going to use my son's death to try to bring others to life. Wow. Now, Paul in prison can say, let their pray that a door is open so I can share with this guard. And if, if my neighbor is saying, pray and be thankful that in the midst of my son's death, others might hear about Jesus, then what circumstances are you going to go through that are difficult where God might allow that to be a testimony to somebody else and they might be saved? Wow. I want that faith. I want my faith to go beyond just praying for the parking spot. To just praying for all the advantages that Jason needs. Paul's first prayer was, I want people to be saved. I, I want the word of God to come clearly out of my mouth. And when the door opens, that it would come out and people would be saved. I'm convinced that the most important prayers that would be coming out of our mouths just after giving the Lord thanks and praise should be prayers for the unsaved. Prayers for us taking the gospel. That that is the priority of our prayer life. I've noticed over time that those who are concentrated on God bringing the gospel to people and that their life is there, their prayer life is there, their motivation is there as they're following Jesus, that those seem to be the people whose faiths rise and grow and to be the ones that we say, look at them, look, look how they love Jesus. And I've noticed that those who shy away from Jesus and are ashamed of him and do not share and make excuses. are very childlike in their faith oftentimes. To the point where one would wonder if they even know Jesus. You say, well, how, how could you ever say that? Because Jesus said that. It was Jesus who said, anyone who wants to follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. He says, anybody who is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of them on the day of my return before the Father and the holy angels. Amen. We should not be ashamed of him. We should be declaring him and we should be telling everybody about Jesus in the good times and in the bad times. Amen. To friends and to strangers. Through actions and in words. We needed to go declare Jesus. What's your first prayer request? I would love it for the character of this church. To be our prayers that people are saved. Our prayers that people come to faith. Our prayers that we as we have open doors and the Lord allows that, that we would go and share the word of God clearly. For Paul, making it clear probably means he needed to dumb it down a little bit, actually. For some of us, making it clear means we need to know what the gospel is. And you know, one of the greatest ways to make it clear, just share with somebody how you came to faith. How did you come to faith? What happened that day when Jesus came face to face with you and you said, I want the Lord to save me? What happened that day? And that's a clear testimony. The character of this church needs to be taking the gospel to people.
because that was the character of God. And that's the character of his disciples and of Paul and the church. This morning as we close, a lot of times we end in prayer and you're able to come and and pray for your own sin and pray for your own burdens and definitely you can take those things to the Lord. But, But the highlight of our prayer at this time as we close is this. Let's pray for the opportunity of the gospel. Maybe like myself, some of you need to say, I just need the Lord to not make me stubborn about it anymore. He helped motivate me. I'm just not motivated to go, right? That might be your prayer. Maybe that's where you need to go this morning. Maybe you've actually been searching. You're like, who who do I pray with? And maybe the, the Lord just needs to show you some open doors. To make an open door available. And maybe that's what you need to pray for today. Maybe you've already got somebody on your mind and you're thinking, you know, as as Jason has been preaching, I've just been thinking about this person over here. And I just want to pray for them this morning, lift them up this morning. You might want to come down and just say, I'm I'm just going to come pray for this guy. Pray for that open door with him. And let's end this service by praying for those who need Jesus. I'm going to pray right now and then as as we have a song at the end. You're welcome at any, any, any moment during that time to come and pray. Let's pray that the Lord saves and that we would go share the gospel, should we? Father, we come to you this morning. We're thankful. Because at some point in our life, somebody brought us the word. And somehow you made it clear. Somehow you opened that door. For us to come face to face with your mercy and your grace, your goodness And the conviction of our sin and knowing that we have need. And causing us, Lord, to fall into your grace. We're thankful that you came after us. And Father, right now, we want to have the same spirit that you have. You desire that many men and women in our day would be saved. That they would be told the gospel clearly. And so, Father, we come and we ask that you would save many in our day and that you would help us to go and declare the gospel. And as we are serving as a church, Lord, whether it be at a teen rally tonight or passing out Thanksgiving meals later or whenever it is, Lord, whatever you have this church to do, that we would be quick to share about Jesus when you open that door. We pray that we would not be ashamed. We pray that our entire life would be given over into this service to help share Jesus with others. We're grateful Because we know that you're going to do that. And so Lord, we ask that you would do what only you can do. Save souls. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.